ask yourself one question. Do I feel like it? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Welcome to Pan and Scan Podcast. Well, hello everybody. Hi everybody. <laughs> hey, and welcome to the, uh, this is the first official episode one of the Pan and Scan Podcast, Ben. Yes, it is. It's good to be here. And I'm very, very excited to be here. Yes, indeedy. Yeah, so we're here to talk all things film. You're John. I am John. And I'm Ben. And he is Ben. And... What have you been doing this week, John? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I um, for anybody that was listening to last week's show, I highly doubt that. But um, no, <laughs> I've been listening to. <laughs> I've been um, doing some filming at the uh, Quad Centre in in Derby. We love the Quad, don't we, John? We do love the Quad here on this show. Um, no, it's been going really well. There's a, a joint sort of um, uh, sort of midland midland wide project, um, Derby Opera, yeah, film. Uh, project and it's it's really good but anybody who has any kind of like film affiliation or you know um desire to make movies um you can just sort of go online go onto the uh quad derby website and join up and you can do a host of things you can do screenwriting anything from acting uh to uh, camera operating which is what i'm doing at the minute it's a really really exciting thing to be able to do that and it'd be yeah. so close and it'd be such a such a wide range of things you can do anything any part of and you don't have to have a massive amount of, you don't even have to have any experience actually you can just yeah. it's just willingness to come along and, and to pitch in yeah. so um it's, it's going really well I've, I've done a, about three three sessions so far and I'm, I'm looking forward to my next one Brilliant. that's what i've been up to apart from working of course, of course. as i always do and uh, watching movies ben of course I, i've been watching a million movies this week mm. What have I watched this week? I've watched um, a couple of new releases as, um, that we'll talk about in a bit. I, I watched uh, or In Time, um, Justin Timberlake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying a thing. So, uh, so I watched that this week. I, I watched Princess and the Frog oh, literally the, before we before we started this. The latest rel- Disney release, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's a couple of years old now. but um, Yeah, I watched it back back when it was first released. I, I um, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's literally just come on the on the movie channel, so I watched it and was really impressed by that. I watched um, I watched the Farley Brothers film, watched Hall Pass, um, Hall Pass. Wilson, um, watched that last night. See, it, this is the this is the crux of it right here, ladies and gentlemen. If, if you those lists that Ben's just rolled off his tongue there, they're the kind of films that Ben watches. <laughs> if you want a higher brow, you come to my side <laughs> of the uh, podcast. Well, come and, on, that, that's the kind. I will watch any film. I will give anything a chance. And well, that's, that's what film's about. That's what it is about. Yeah, you should you should open your mind to any kind of avenue of, of movie, definitely. Well, along with that, um, we went to the cinema this week, didn't we, John? We did indeed, sir. And we went to see that. Um, that <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, of a positive word. It that should not be named. Yeah, we, we, we shouldn't name it, but... Just so people know, we went to see yes. The Devil Inside this week. We did indeed. Yeah, yes. I think we, we talked a bit about it, about, about it on the uh, the last podcast. Um, I think we said uh, that it was out. Something we were looking forward to yeah. going to see. So um, so we did go and see it. Yes. But uh, we'll come to that in, in a, a bit later on. A bit later. But there was another film we mentioned. Indeed. Um, yeah, that was The Raven, wasn't it, John? The Raven, yes. Um, did you went to see that this week. I, I went to see that, yes, with my uh, partner. Uh, 
John Cusack. Your partner's John Cusack? Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's we're, amazing. We're going steady, you know, it's just see what happens. No. Taking your time, um, yeah. John Cusack stars in Oh, of course, this of course. Raven, which it's 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 another sort of um movie that's added to a long list of, of movies called The Raven, named mm. after Edgar Allan Poe, or based around the stories of Edgar Allan Poe, okay. which is what this one is. Um, it's it's a reimagining, a sort of fictional account of uh, Edgar Allan Poe's, uh, I suppose, final final years, mm. final days. And it's really good, though, because I am, I think we discussed it last, last year, I'm a massive horror fan. Yeah. And that's not just with movies, it's also reading. Um, and I'm a huge, huge Edgar Allan Poe fan. Massive, and I could not wait to see this movie. Yeah, um, it's basically John Cusack plays Edgar Allan Poe, joins forces with a young Baltimore detective, Luke Evans. Okay, and I've seen Luke Evans in a couple of things, but he's one of those actors that you can never quite place where you've seen him. You know, you've seen him, but you don't sure. know where you've seen him. Um, yeah, he plays a detective, uh, to hunt down a mad serial killer who's using Poe's very own works as a basis for a string of brutal murders. So and that's just a brief description there. Um, <laughs> very brief. But that's the basically the crux. It's not a complicated film, but it's... I, I really enjoyed this movie. I just want to say that up front. It, it, it had a lot of negative reviews, though, unfortunately. Right. But it falls in that kind of... It's a, it's a mix of a sort of a, a fun little thrill ride yeah. a la sort of Sherlock Holmes. Well, that's when I saw the advert um, for it, that, that's what I thought. The, tra- the trailer looked like it was going to be a... Another Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, sure. Essentially, it is. Uh, but in my opinion, personally, because I'm a, such a big fan of, of um, Edgar Allan Poe's works mm. and I'm a fan of the sort of macabre, you know, the sort of more horrific elements of this movie, I enjoyed it more than yeah. the Shark Home movies because there's gore elements, there's murder scenes, there's a lot of um, John, uh, Jack the Ripper sort of yeah. themes going through this film. There's, you see dead bodies, you see blood, you see gore, but there's also fun elements with uh, John Cusack's performance of, of Poe. Which is this sort of drunk eccentric, you yeah. know, breaking into the publishing office and and having a massive tirade at the publisher for posting somebody else's stories above his own, <laughs> and the, the the sort of brilliant way he sort of rolls off these Victorian sort of um, curse words and things like that. It's just to me, it was really fun to watch, yeah. and that's what this film is. It's a fun thrill ride with some some chills, some scares, and some humour, and I really enjoyed this film. But apparently it uh, didn't do very well at the um, box office and things like that, which is unfortunate. That's a bit of a shame, especially if it's something that you enjoy. But that, but that's it. If you enjoyed it, that that's what they're making. They're making it for people who will enjoy that kind of thing. I know that from uh, IMDb got a six point nine. Um, yeah. Which, to be honest, isn't bad on IMDb. Um, usually, a good film is about a seven, seven and a half. Yeah. So, so it looks like it's 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 pretty much in there. So. Go um, I was going to say it'll be it'll probably be one that I'll uh, I'll catch. I don't know if I'll catch it while it's at the cinema. Um, this it, it, the thing is, this film is nothing extraordinary. It's mm-hmm. it's nothing entirely fresh. You know, two guys go against a serial killer to yeah. try and solve the, the the you know track down the killer before his next his next sort of victim. Uh, it, it's it's essentially that kind of a film, um, but. It's done well, and that's all. That's all I ask of a film. I don't. Ex- I don't, especially in today's cinema. I don't expect a whole lot of uh, originality. Yeah. But if something's done and it's done right, for instance, Avatar, James mm. Cameron's Avatar, 
Every, the biggest slate on that film was that it wasn't anything original. It was the same old story, Dances yeah. with Wolves, blah, 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 blah. Very true. But I enjoyed the movie because it was a fresh representation of that story. And it was done well. So yeah. I enjoyed it. And it's the same with this film. Uh, don't expect too much. Going for a bit of a thrill ride, just a one-off. And it's not, it's not nothing to rack your brain over or anything like that. But go in and enjoy it. And come out with a smile on your face. Isn't that what movies are all about? Indeed. The, the I, I will say though that the each individual murder throughout the film is like it's it's based on murders from Poe's movies. Yeah. Uh, Poe's stories, sorry. And <laughs> there's a dog in the background there, Ben. <laughs> For the ladies and gents out there, we've got uh, Ben's dog outside the the room here, whining and. Uh, Maybe she's, everyone's a critic, John. Everyone's a critic. a critic. She didn't like this movie. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, the great little scenes. The there's the. Uh, the pit and the pendulum with a, a swinging blade. Yeah. Uh, a lot like I think it's in Hostel or something like that, or mm. one of those sort oh, of films. Saw into it. Saw the yeah. swinging blade slowly descends upon a victim, and that's cool. And it it goes where it's going to go. Of course. Uh, what's the other one? The murders in the room morgue. If anybody knows that story from Poe, um, two people are murdered in in a room that's completely locked, and the murderer is nowhere to be found. Mm. Mm, how did even the windows were barred? Then how did he get out? How did he get out? Oh, you'll have to watch this film to find out, Ben. Okay, that's Darren Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, that, you know, I saw the cinema, I came out, I was satisfied. It was great. It was fine. So you'd say for uh, Edgar Allan Poe fans, yeah, uh, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes fans, um, I think that's a recent movie, so David the kind of person. A fun adventure, bit of a thrill ride. If you like those kind of films, light-hearted in places. Yeah, don't take it too seriously. Kind yeah, of exactly. I, I, I recommend this movie as a movie-going experience might hold off for buying it onto DVD Blu-ray when it comes out, but yeah. uh, I would get round to buying it. But to go to the film cinema, this is the sort of film you go to the cinema to see. Yeah. Um, would you say that that's in complete contrast to the other film that went to the cinema to see? <laughs> the film that you and I went to see with, with, with a friend of ours, yeah. We did. Oh. Well, should we just name the movie? Yeah. Go on, Ben. It was The Devil Inside. It's, it's wow. a film that... Now, if you, <laughs> if you if you watch the trailer, uh, most people have seen the trailer for this film. Indeed, the trailer is the film. If you watch the trailer and thought, yeah. "Oh, that looks a bit spooky. That looks a bit weird," um, pretty much leave it at the trailer. If you like the trailer, then then don't go and watch the film. <laughs> so it doesn't build on it. There isn't anything further than the trailer. A lot of the things that look freaky or scary in the trailer are now, throw away they're not even they're not even actually part of the story i will say to, let's be let's be fair here i will say that there are some genuinely creepy things in this movie it's essentially an exorcist story yeah about uh, uh a, a woman who is is coming to the realization that her mother murdered three people back when she yeah. was a child and she uh, was oh no, no no it was she murdered three people whilst they were she must have been her mother she must have been older but she was um she murdered three people three priests who were trying to exercise at the time weren't they that yeah was it. so mid-exorcism see it's been a week and i'm all, i'm trying to forget it <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's indelible i, I can't i can't remember i can't remember and then she gets taken off to the vatican and put in a mental institution yeah of she? course as, as you do yeah as no, obviously there is nowhere in america to hold this woman <laughs> she has been shipped off <laughs> and of course the daughter grows up wondering what happened to her mother and it's essentially her going over to yeah so but to... that's it john she's she's wondering about 
<laughs> what happened to her mother? So what does she what does she decide is the best thing to do? I can't even imagine. The best thing to do is to get her friend and make it into a documentary of her going to find out what happened to her mom. Of course. Because that's what you would do. I know that's what I do if my mum flipped out and killed three priests and then was shipped off to the Vatican. I wouldn't, ben, I wouldn't, have, just... I wouldn't have any point. Oh, I'm go- I like ben, let's, hold, let's just get the plot out of the way and then we can dissect the, 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 you know, the criterion. Sorry, John, I'm getting ahead of myself. So she grows up to become a semi-filmmaker with a friend of hers yeah. and they decide to go hunting for her mother. Yep. And it's shot in a very much a documentary kind of style. She does a lot of talking to the camera, sort of, I'm here in, in Vatican City to uh, find my mother and find out what happened on that fateful day all those years ago. It's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 found footage film. Yeah. So it's shaky cam all over the place. We'll get to that later. Very Blair Witch paranormal activity. Yeah, that kind of that kind of ilk. Not as good in my no. opinion. Oh, but yeah. um uh, she gets involved she goes to Vatican City and she goes to a now it's a exorcism school that she finds where priests are taken to learn all about performing exorcisms on people correctly. And now you'd think that that would be something that the Vatican would want to keep under wraps and keep quite secretive. The thing that bothered me about this film was that how easily she gained access to the Vatican Mm. and their mental institution and their secret teachings of exorcisms and how open these priests are to interview because she essentially interviews a couple of these priests that she finds in the class, taking the class and asks them all about exorcisms. And she jumps really easily into the role of, well, from being this sort of, you know, caring daughter, wanting to know what fa- what happened to her mother on that fateful day, to then being just a an actual interviewer in a documentary. Yeah. Um, and she's, in, she's talking to a couple of these priests in a pub after watching one of the exorcism classes. And she essentially enrolls their help, doesn't she? she does. To go then to the mental institution and have a session with her mother. And it, it plays out from there, really, doesn't it? Well, that's it. It's, it's, she, she recruits a couple of, a couple of uh, priests, Father Ben, who's quintessentially English. Father Ben? Hold Father on. Father Ben, yeah. And Father David. Um, and they disappear, obviously. Father Ben, he's, oh, yeah, I've seen an exorcism. And, oh, he, talk, he... and he talks about... There's one bit where he talks about how his uncle was um, was a priest and he was the first person that he saw do an exorcism. And by mentioning the uncle, and he mentions him a couple of times, it sets it up. Yeah. You, know, you kind of, you think, oh, there's a bit of backstory here. You're going to find out um, <clears throat> when he is exercising um, this girl to, and he's showing the, um, I forget, the, uh, Isabella, who's the... The main daughter. woman and yeah, the daughter. So right. Yeah. She... Um, they take her along to an exorcism and the girl that they are exercising um, starts making reference to his uncle and he kind of panics a bit but yeah. finishes it all off and, and you could think, oh, there's going to be something here. But it never goes anywhere. We never hear anything more about and his uncle. There's a lot of that in this film. Little subplots and little little throwaway sentences that you, you want to know more about or your ears prick up and you go, oh, what's this about? And then you never, ever find anything. It goes nowhere. Yeah. And that's it. That's the biggest. The one. Well, I say the biggest. That's there are so many, so many plot holes that the bits that you would be interested in and the bits that you want to hear more about, you just don't, get left by the side. You don't. You don't even. It's never referenced again, and and you're almost waiting because in most films you, you'd get you someone would mention something, and you know at some point that's going to come back, and that's what you're waiting for throughout this entire film, mm. um, are for these throwaway comments and these and these bits to 
you, you think are going to lead to something, you, you wait for them to come back, yeah. but they never do. No. Which I think, for me, is why the ending was so shocking. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll come to that, but, yeah. but uh, you, you'll understand what I mean later. As Ben's just said, um, they take Isabella, the two priests, um, and, and the cameraman, obviously, to um, to show her an exorcism of somebody that they're currently trying to help. And we get led into this sort of seemingly nice house, and, and uh, I think one of the priests asks where the... Uh, you know where the girl is. Where's the where's the girl? And oh, we had to lock her in the basement. As you do, which is creepy because their reactions to that and and the way the sort of the, the I assume the parents of this girl um, are reacting. There's a good setup here, and you, mm. you get the creep factor it really comes on strong. And then they're obviously led because the fathers look at each other like, oh, obviously this has taken a sort of turn for the worse. If yeah. they have to lock her into the basement, you think, oh my god, they're going to go down to this basement. And we come down to the basement, it's grotty, it's horrible, it's dark, it's lit by a single bulb in the ceiling, that classic kind of horror um, setup, which is great. And, it, and it's all working, and there's nothing new here. This is an exorcism film, you're expecting what, what you know, this, the same cliches, but it's yeah. it's working so far. I mean, I, d- I think this is about 20 minutes into the movie or whatever. And we get taken to this grotty bed, and there's this sheet covering the person, and there's something under the sheet, and we can't quite make it out, and it's very oddly shaped, and, oh my god. What is going to be under this uh, under the sheet? And then the revealer, and she's this poor girl is just sitting in this awful position. She's mangled, twisted, yeah. legs wrapped round the back of her head, and arms sticking out all sort of odd angles. And, and it's a, really quite striking. It and is that worked for me. That yeah. scene worked for me. And, definitely. Was, and what I really liked about that was that she was she was actually like that. Is um, apparently she was a the Contor- girl who, yeah. was, who was the actress um, was a contortionist. So so what made it more freaky and was that it was a real person there was no cg there was no prosthetics it was a real person in this horrible position positioned and to watch her then unfold um Mm. was was creepy i think everybody was cringing in the theater as she started to do that yeah because they they give her they inject her with a sort of muscle relaxant they say because there's a lot of these priests are uh, sort of very new age. They bring a lot of scientific equipment with them, especially when they're monitoring. Uh, the they talk a lot about pulse rates and muscle yeah. spasms, and I think is it the the iris in the yeah, eye that's right, yeah. widening so far that they know it's an exorcism because yeah, it's... And they can see. So there was a point where if the eye was um, was iris shrunk back, it would meant that they had successfully saved her. Yeah. yeah, and um, so there's a lot of like pseudoscience happening here and they they inject her with a muscle relaxant and she slowly uncurls the mm. twisted limbs and you hear every crack of the bone and it's all happening very slowly and she looks so gaunt and horrid and pale skinned and yeah. sweaty and disgusting uh you know and it's a vi- and when they start the actual exorcism it's very violent there's a lot it of is. convulsion there's a lot of blood she starts to bleed from a a, a vagina uh profusely all, all yeah. over the place which is quite shocking and I thought, you know what, this film's actually going to be quite, quite good. Um, and that all plays itself out. They managed to cure, well, seemingly cure this woman. Yeah. And that convinces Isabella, you know what, these guys are actually, you know, real. And this is a real thing that they can do. So it goes on from there. Then then they try and track down the mother and, and try and save her. And there's various scenes. But that is, that is the trouble with this film. After that point, the film goes nowhere. And that's the, that's the thing. You get to that point, and there is some substance to it. Although you can see, 
you can kind of see what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Just the, the two priests, there is one who's quite the, the strong one and one's a goody-goody kind of one. He doesn't want to do anything wrong, even though he's quite happily exercising people and doing all these things. And again, quite happily being uh, interviewed. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, but you, so you can kind of see where it's going to go. You know that something's going to happen to him. Oh, he's a goody-goody. And, you know, this guy's a bit reckless. You can kind of see where that's going. But... Um, I don't want to give too much away because I'm sure that some, uh, there's uh, at least one person who listens to this will probably want to go and see it. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> don't. Really don't. <laughs> don't waste your money. Try your hardest not to, but, but um, you know. And this carries on, and again, there's, it doesn't really go anywhere. They, they then go and talk to the... They then go, manage to, they manage to get the mother into, a, into almost like an operating room within the asylum under the pretense that they're just going to have a chat with her. And then they lock the doors. Yeah, a cameraman, the yeah. daughter, and two priests. And this isn't a small camera. And and he obviously is a is a supposed to be a filmmaker. So they're supposed to be. Uh, it's supposed to look like he's carrying this camera, and it's a big camera. And they let him all in. They bring him into this operating room, and after that, they lock the doors. And suddenly, there's lots of scientific equipment come from nowhere. Monitoring machines, almost like where these all come from. <laughs> <laughs> so they, and they, they start, set up quickly. They know what they're doing. And then they think, oh, oh, she's fine. Then she starts. Having various, doing various weird convulsions and shouting horrible things at people, and um, yeah, the, the, we, the 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 bit that you get that does get shoved in your face and you do, and does does get explained or sort of explained is this um, um, multiple possession, a demon jumping from one host to That's the next. It, host. Yeah, and, yeah, and it gets explained a lot to a point where yeah, well, okay, you're beating us over the head with it now. They might as well have just written a sign and held yeah. it up, you know. Yeah. They might as well have called the film multiple possessions. Someone <laughs> will become possessed just by things jumping across. They could have, it was that was what it was going to be. Yeah. But then again, at the same point, there were so many things that they started to tell you about and didn't. We could have. We, they could have not Anything actually told us about that. Yeah. I mean, it. You you know what's coming. I mean, you've got the goody goody sort of uh, priest getting in too close and then getting thrown back and. And then he's not quite as uh, jolly as he once was after the exorcism. He's going to turn. Yeah, clearly. and that's it. You, you know it. <laughs> and then they go and do various... Uh, there's there's a scene with a baptism, which, uh, without giving anything away, doesn't go well. No. And, uh, <laughs> a possessed vicar baptising a baby. Yeah, it's, it's, it's never a good combination, is it? <laughs> no. So, uh, which um, the uh, is, is, is subsequently filmed, the, the baptism is filmed by the filmmaker and with again without giving anything away at a point where you would probably stop filming intervene this guy, this guy doesn't he just <laughs> yeah. carries on and um we don't see anything further than that the next thing we see is the um the priest come back really freaky not very happy and he's obviously possessed and he ends up shooting himself in the face i think yeah so um but there you go. That, that's and that's the end of it. Something you knew that was going to happen. It was obvious that that was going to happen. But um, obviously, after that, they decide. Well, we need to sort something else out. Let's go and see your mom again. Let's see what we can sort out. Yeah. And um, then um, Isabella gets possessed in in a in a, uh, in a yeah, contortionist again. style. And this is where the the bundler in the back of a back of a car because because she's just. Hasn't she just killed some people? Well, the priest, they... the goody-goody priest is killed, leaving the sort of maverick pl- yeah. uh, a priest behind. And then Isabella is possessed, and he starts to panic because he doesn't know what to do now. One one of them is dead, the other one is possessed, he's on his own. So at this point he thinks, okay, maybe we'll drive to the Vatican to... 
That's right. Because this is way above, this is over my head now. I can't cope with this. And the only solution is they they essentially kidnap the possessed Illabella from the hospital and bundle her in the back of a van. So now you've got the maverick priest, you've got a possessed woman, and you've got the film, uh, the film, the cameraman driving the car. And luckily, they've rigged up a few cameras in the car, as you do, just in case. And um, they're driving, and you think, what's going to happen? So, how are they going to, how are they going to, exercise her are they going to do it you think you're building up to one final huge exorcism of isabella or there's going to be one big climactical finish to this they're driving to get somewhere you can't i can't wait for where are they going where are they going to get to and what they're going to do when they get there Um, but instead what happens um right we're spoiling spoiling the ending of this movie yeah to be honest i'm going to tell you the end of this film spoiler alert to save the time okay um give us five minutes what uh, the uh, possessed Isabella reaches over and grabs the driver. She kind of gets shrugged off a little bit, and you notice he's like his face starts to fall. He's not looking quite as happy as he was. Yeah, the cameraman drives in there, so yeah. And um, he points himself at an oncoming car, and there's a crash. <laughs> and then there's the credits in complete silence. Yeah. To which there were. A whole, I think, about 10 or 11 people in the theatre. In, in the theatre, yeah. And everybody went... What the fuck? What? <laughs> All of us. Simultaneously Yeah, everybody. Went, everybody. Is that it? That I, can't be it. That can't be it. I was stunned. I was silent. I was stunned that the movie just... This film, I said it at the time and I'll say it now, the film didn't have an ending. The film stopped. Yeah, and that's there's right. a big difference there. This film stopped on a car crash... Then uh, cut to straight silence, and then the credits roll in deadly silence. Throughout the entire credit sequence, it's dead silence. And now, I think with this, the, the filmmaker can, who um, I will name in shame, <laughs> as William Brent Bell, um, he can either be seen as very clever no. or really stupid. Um, really clever by, obviously, it's, a, it's supposed to be found footage. At which point, if there's been a car crash and perhaps they all die in the car crash, we don't know. Um, so there is a door left open um, to, for, the, uh, for, the, for, the, for the second devil inside. Oh, we're not beginning Which will be the devil outside of the car, <laughs> I would assume. But um, <laughs> oh. in that case, perhaps he is sticking, sticking to the found footage because if there's no one left to, left to film it, then there wouldn't be any more. But I said at the time, perhaps there should have been a news report there had been a car crash, um, massive pileup, um, people had escaped um, from um, the cut to another newsreel where someone had escaped from a hospital, um, they find two people in here, then there's something happens at the hospital, just so there is something, just so there is something to know that to, to yeah. really lead you on to for another film or, or for a reason why it ended, but it didn't, it just stopped and, and the, we were all stunned. <laughs> the cheapest thing I will say in, in cinema in my personal cinema going history is, is what the director instead chose to do was roll the whole credit sequence in absolute silence. And then right at the end, put a little cheap thing saying, you know, if you want to know more about this story, go to www.bloody-bloody-blah. And I'm not going to give out the website because it's a cheap ending. What this director did was he made a film. He, he tried to be clever by a, doing a very drastic uh, cut end where you are left thinking, what the hell? 
and then basically plugged his own website. So yeah. we're now going to go, oh my God, I need to know more. Let's go to this website. Um, it's the cheapest way to make a movie and I, yes, I, I hate right. it. And um, because of, um, obviously it's, it's very popular to do a, a scene after the credits, we stayed to watch that. Mm. And it's so cheap that they don't even put, uh, that was it, they didn't even put anything at the end of the credits or, or an extra scene. It was just a website. a website and that was it. And we felt really, really cheated. Um, perhaps we should have gone on uh, and looked at some reviews, but I didn't want to spoil it for myself. I, uh, I think you yes. said in the last one, I'm not into scary films. So, but when I do, I like to, I'm, I'm usually scared. Like to get I, like, I like to be scared in films. Um, so I don't want to know anything about it. So I didn't check, so I didn't check any ratings. I've since, mm -hmm. and with a 3.6 average on IMDb, um, 8% um, rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. It was, it was never going to be good, but you shouldn't have to to look for, for that kind of thing. You should you shouldn't have to look for, when a film is put out like that. But I still don't really understand how this film got such a wide release because it, it was number one in America um, when it, it was released. It knocked Mission this... Impossible off um, off the top spot over here. It went to number one in the first week. Yeah, this and is a it's lesson. Cheap. This is a lesson in good marketing. This film had a great trailer, yeah. had a good poster, and it had uh, a decent uh, dispersal of both. And we fell for it, and we went, and we we put we paid our you know money to go see this film, and we've added to the the market now, and that's how it works. I, and it also, this film is is another lesson in reverse viral marketing because, mm. I, as I say, the only thing this film had going for it was a website at the end of the credits that meant that it, it's going to plug a, a a new release for this film. And I, uh, I it, it just leaves the audience wanting. It leaves you sort of stunned, and it just cheap. It's just a cheap. How how Paramount could release this um, with a director who has only directed three films up until now, all mm. that he's wrote and directed himself. Um, the only thing that was different about this was that it's found footage, and then was and um, was produced by um, Steven Schneider from who was Paranormal Activity. He produced all those films, so you'd assume that there would be something in it if he's going to if, yeah. if someone who's done the Paranormal Activity films, which I've I've only seen the first and the second one, but they were really good. I really enjoyed those with found footage kind of things. But um, to then not not have anything, uh, but it it feels like. It feels like daylight robbery for saying this film cost a uh, million dollars to make and has it wasn't um, currently even... made it's it's currently made up until this point ninety seven million wow and I feel like i've I feel like i've like I've been robbed in the street but paramount has done so well out of this i mean you you, you know you you put in a million and you and you get what nine just over ninety six back yeah You've you've done so well, haven't you? It would have been worth every penny for them um, to put however much they put into, into marketing. Is, yeah. Like I say, it's, it's more viral. It's a very very short trailer, um, and as I, re I realise, there's more of a reason for why it's a short trailer. It's because there's nothing in the film, <laughs> um, and they've already shown the best parts. So, um, so yeah, I just don't, I just, I just don't really understand why um, a director of three films who's made a film in '97, 2006, and then this one. Um, again, all that he's written and produced himself, written, directed, and the um, a, a couple of things, a couple of more things that I want to point out is uh, one of the the, the, the mother um, is it Maria Rossi? That's the character, yeah. the mother. She's the main possessed character, uh, played by Susan Crowley. Yep, and she she's awful, awful actress. 
um, she's so one note. Uh, she does m multiple voice, uh, you know, dem demonic sort of, uh, I don't know, screeching, all, all that classic stuff. But she seems to do it so woodenly. And then she does many, uh, a varied array of accents. And the only three she can pull off is some sort of odd Celtic Scottish accent, a very much over the top British accent, and then just a, a standard sort of American sort of uh, accent and, and it doesn't go anywhere and everything else is just garbled rubbish the scene she's in when she's sort of trying to intimidate her daughter when her daughter comes to visit her for the first scene that they come together is is crap it does nothing happens she just stares at her for a really long time yeah and says a couple of creepy stereotypical lines and uh and we see drawings all over the walls like we haven't seen in a million mental institutional films just it's just there's not a lot to say about this film, and we've talked about it for a really long time on this show already. And, and, and that's the disappointing thing. And, and to be honest, usually I will find out about films. Um, like, um, to be honest, I'll go I'll go into depth if it's a film that I'm really interested in. I'll know everything about it. Um, we'll come to it a bit later. Um, but Prometheus, um, I oh. know everything there is to know about that film. I've seen every trailer, read everything, been on all the viral websites. Mm -hmm. I know everything about it. So, and but I invested a lot because I loved alien films and. But you you want to know more about these films, but there are some films where you don't want to know, um, and this one was something where I thought was that yeah I thought oh you don't really want to know too much if it's a, if it's a scary film you don't you don't necessarily want to know because most scary films um are more the modern ones are a bit crap because most of them are remakes of things and they don't and they don't do a huge amount different but they're scary and yeah. that's what goes for a film and you go to, you're not going to to watch a a, a horror film um such as like the the new halloween films you're not going to watch it for a, a, an amazing update of the film what you're going to no. watch it is watch shocks you want excitement you want to be scared and uh, your pants you, and that's what you go to watch it for and that's what makes those films good that's what horror the horror genre is about it's about scaring the crap out of you mm. and they do it really well and you don't want to um, spoil any shocks for you and that's the same kind of thing I felt with Devil Inside, but I really wish I'd read something about it. <laughs> I will say I will this, never make that mistake again. Let's just leave this as a sort of closing that that movies and and the sort of industry of, of movie making is is two parter. It's 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 a business, yeah, and it's also an art form. Now, in terms of the business side of things, the Devil Inside did what it was supposed to do. It grossed some money, yeah. so it made some money for Paramount. Well done, fair enough. Can't say fair than that. Art side, well, if it, if the purpose of art is to invoke reaction, the devil inside has done that Indeed. at least. So there's some, I guess, artistic merit to it. And apart from that, I've got nothing else to say about this movie, man. Amen, brother. <laughs> hey, right. Let's talk about some films that we did like. Let's <laughs> talk about some what, like some things that we've we've watched this week. What um, have we seen some on new releases. Some DVD releases. Or... That's right. Yeah, let's have, a t have a see what kind of things we've been looking at now. We've both seen this film. Um, yes. I watched it last uh, watched it last week, um, and it's Arietti, Ooh, or the, the Secret uh, World of Arietti. Studio Ghibli. That's right. Yeah, and um, I'm a big fan of, of, of Ghibli. I'm a, I'm a Hayao Miyazaki fan. Um, now, this this one wasn't directed by Miyazaki. It was, no, it's... it was uh, produced and um, he wrote the screenplay for it. Um, but um, I'm a big fan. Of, of, of that kind of style and, and and I prefer to be honest I prefer my daughter to watch that kind of stuff than a lot of the Disney stuff that's out there because there's, there's a lot more heart there's a lot more feeling to these kind of films and this was based on a story that I remember from, from being a kid I love The Borrowers as, as, yeah as The Borrowers um, 
I remember uh, being read to borrowers. I remember watching the um, the TV series on BBC with um, no, yeah, BBC One or something. Yeah, with Ian Home. With Ian Home, that's right. And um, um, Patricia, I forget her last name. Darn it. Yeah. Uh, and and that's so I came to this story, knowing what was going to happen, um, or knowing the basis of the story, and I, and to be honest, I really enjoyed it. It's. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, The Borrow is essentially a story of, 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 of a, a family of tiny people that live under the floorboards in a house, in a country house, and their adventures in trying to find things to borrow from the house for them to use in everyday life. Right. And <laughs> That's which, it. Which, um, <laughs> I watched the, um, the UK dub version, because there's, there's uh, three versions. There's the, obviously the original language version with, um, with English subs. There's a UK dub version and a US dub version. Yeah, I watched the uh, sub- I watched subtitles. Subtitles, yes. Yeah. Um, well, I watched it with with um, my wife, and um, she doesn't read. <laughs> well, she reads. <laughs> she just doesn't read films. There we so, go. Uh, so we watched the um, the UK dub, which I was really pleased that I that I, that I got the UK dub because I, I, whenever I've whenever I've read the Borrowers and, and read the and, and watched the, um, hmm. the series, it was always. Um, British cast English, English. so um, so when it had um, got uh, Saoirse Ronan um, I've had to write that down because I <laughs> I, so I'd have no I'd had no idea how to pronounce yeah, it um, um, who was in Hannah um, yeah. she was in the Lovely Bones Atonement um, and she was in Atonement as well yeah that's right so um, she was the voice of Arietti and but she did a really good job I really liked her, her voice acting right. um, Mark Strong was the dad um, who was Pod, um, who was on Kick-Ass, Sherlock Holmes, in Pink Table Soldier Spy, he was oh, in yeah. Stardust. Um, again, he was he was a, a good voice, um, not as in what is in motion as I was one, but, but the way the, the, the character is in the film is, is, is quite uh, methodical, straight to the point, and um, yeah. just really just thinking about his family and, it, and just... Straight, straight, and so it was. It was a, a fair voice um, choice for that. Really, it's it's just a one character piece with Arietti. I mean, there is the boy, and there is a yeah. couple of other characters that come along. And but that's it. it. There is um, the boy was um, Show. His name was Show, and it was um, Tom Holland was the was the voice. Now he's a, he's fairly oh. new. So he's, he's not done anything before um, film wise. He did a um, he was Billy Elliot in the um, in the stage adaptation more recently. Apparently. Oh, nice. But, um, he was a strange choice. There are a lot of voices to, to choose from, and a lot of, of, of young actors. Um, and with it being um, in America anyway, produced by uh, it's for an investor, it's um, Disney. Mm. Um, I thought there'd be a different voice for that, and I found I found him the most jarring part of the, of the film because he there was no emotion from him. He was, he was very one note. Yeah, very and, like a, and, almost a soulless soulless boy really, and that's it? it and whether that came across in um, in the original language version but in the um, in the dub version he really wasn't he wasn't great great voice acting um, but the, the last point of the voice acting was um, our friend uh, Olivia Coleman hey she was the voice of the mum we talked about her last week in, Ty- in Tyrannosaur we and, did um, she been in Hot Fuzz and uh, Peep Show oh, so, so she was the voice and I don't know uh, I'm not sure what's brought her into Arietti. Um, whether it, uh, I don't think it would have come off the back of trying to saw. Would have been a manager, kind of, <laughs> of course. And I don't think she's only just been brought to brought to the fore. But it was it was 
it seemed like it was a good timing to do yeah. that because she's, her voice is out quite out there and she's quite out there isn't it i'm intrigued now i, I kind of want to watch it again with the uh with the dog well yeah, yeah. It's, worth, it's worth watching um with, with that because it does it does give you a different kind of feel for it i may do that um well, yeah, really enjoy. I really enjoy the animation in this film. Too. Oh, the, that's the thing about Studio Ghibli. They make quality, beautiful work. Yeah. I mean, it's such a joy visually just to watch. You can, I think, you could easily watch one of these movies without even having the subtitles and understanding yeah. it. You get the gist, and you just have a stunning time just watching the movie. You know, if you go, if you go into this film knowing that it's a Ghibli film, knowing that it's um, that Miyazaki is involved, if if someone just, if someone just gave you the film and you were looking for a film that was going to be like Spirited Away or House of the Castle or Ponyo yeah. or Mononoke or, or Nausicaa, you're not going to get any of that because it's it's not got that fantastical kind of element to mm. it. It's it's whereas um How's Moving Castle was um was adapted from um oh, I can't remember her name, um Anne Wynne Jones, I think it was, she was the writer and it was a very different story. Um but was... they brought a lot to a lot to it to make it more fantastical. Yeah. Um, now there wasn't as much in, in this, and it was very pretty much straight. It was as 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 it was in the book. There's a there's a, a few bits to, to 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 change it around, make it a bit more modern, um, hmm. a few more kind of different elements to it. But it's got the a, a basis. So if you go into it expecting it to be like those kind of films, the original Ghibli films, the the ones that the most famous ones, the you're not, films. yeah, you're not going to you you probably wouldn't like it. But if you go into it thinking of it as a completely separate story hmm. not basing it on that then you will enjoy it yeah i think i think if you if you're a fanboy or a fangirl of, of ghibli you will probably if you're a ghibli completist you'll uh, you'll get this film that's right but it's and it was really really good and and the direct it was directed by uh hiramasa yonabayashi who was in the animation department for spirited away house uh, mononoke and ponyo as well so he oh, so, so he's been he's been around and has obviously um, been part of of, of Ghibli for quite mm. a while, so so he's so he he's got a good place to be there to do to do these kind of films. Well, the so. thing is with the Miyazaki movies is that they're like the first sort of Asian animation films to make it into the mainstream over in Europe. Right, yeah. I mean, I think was it oh, which film was it? The Nausicaa was the first. Nausicaa yeah. was, the, was the first big one that that broke, and then I think after that it was Mononoke. But the the, I think the, more recently, with Spirited Away was probably the, the Spirited Oscar Away was the big one, one was with the Oscar nominations and yeah. and they won a couple of them yeah. at least, and then the I think Ponyo was the first mm. one I actually went to see at the cinema, mm. which I highly enjoyed. Well, yeah, because I think I didn't see Spirited Away at the cinema. I saw How's Moving Castle at the cinema, and that was more to because my sister she's a massive Ghibli fan, um, so she, we saw that was on, and I think went to Birmingham to see that. Um, but then after that, it was Ponyo went to the director's hall to go and see that at um, the oh. uh, Showcase Cinema in Derby. You were uh, spent your money wisely. Oh right? yeah, um, sitting on a reclining. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great thing about uh, any kind of director's halls if you've got them anywhere you live. Mm. You know, just you pay your. Ten pounds or whatever you you've got over there, and, uh, you and they're can much more, yeah, they're much more they're more select kind of film as well. You you although you will have your mainstream in there, if it's going to be a limited run. Um, oh, definitely. Then then that's they're more likely to be on a director's. I I treat scene. myself. Yeah, I so treat myself for uh, every now and again to a to a director's movie. So and, I saw yeah. uh, Imaginarium of Doctor Panassas there, and that that was didn't have much in the way of showings elsewhere. It was a we had one show in a day at different places, but but that one was on the director's hall, and that was that was I enjoyed going to see that. So that that was good. Well. I will definitely be watching Prometheus in director's hall. Definitely, I can say that for sure. Yeah, uh, first day, first show in 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll be we're there. We're going to be there. <laughs> we're looking forward to that. Anyway. Right. So, Arietti. Lovely. Yeah. So, it was great. Really Did enjoyed it. Did you ever see the Borrowers movie? With John Goodman? Yes. Yes. What did you I, think of that? <laughs> I don't think I liked it. I don't think I think... Uh, to be honest, I can't remember much about it. It was... It was I, I remember a lot seemed, of ginger-haired little people running around. I think it seemed at the time like it was going to be like the Matilda um, kind of American remake uh, when they when they did that with um, what was her name? She was in um, Mrs. Doubtfire, the girl, the little girl, movie. yeah, yeah, and it was that kind of style with Danny DeVito in it. And I thought it was, and I think the borrowers was probably kind of uh, they saw how that had gone because it looked even the DVD cover looked kind of like it as well. And I remember, I think I remember watching it once because it was on TV and never really watching it again. I actually. think it was a misfire if I remember right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not something that stuck with me. It didn't so do it, well. I, it, it didn't really, it didn't, it wasn't true to the, to the story. It wasn't, and I think that's the problem when you've, when you've read a book or you've seen something when you're growing up, um, it, hmm. it's, it's, it's like the Narnia. Remember Narnia when that was on BBC? I do and remember like, the Narnia. And yes. Oh, I loved Narnia. Television I, I series. used to love great. watching that and then the Disney make the Narnia films and they condense what were the, I don't know, like a six-part series um, yeah. into saga into, into one into one film ninety-minute movie, and, and it doesn't it doesn't really translate well. But but yeah, really really enjoyed Arietti. Nice, yes, yeah, I did. I, I liked it a lot. I'd recommend it to anybody who's an animation fan or just like you say, Studio Ghibli. Yeah, brilliant. definitely. Bring it on. Um, I had a little trip to uh, I like a HMV store. Oh yeah, what did you get? I well, I tried to get uh, 2011's The Thing. Oh, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. That thing. Yeah? We're on the same page, man? Yeah, I get you. <laughs> yeah, I went to one get my, it. That, that, the original thing is, is my favourite scary film. Oh, it's one of my all-time favourite films. Love that film. It's a, it's an actual masterpiece, that film. John Carpenter's Finest Hour. It's, it, I, I'm, like I can say, I'm not a big horror film fan, but I could watch that all day. Oh, that's I great. I love movie. that film. Um, that. Well, it recently came out... Uh, two or three days ago and I went to go buy it at our local HMV went in saw it all over the uh, the chart aisle on DVD mm-hmm. but no Blu-ray then no Blu-ray and this is a film you've got to have on Blu-ray you want to see those tentacles rising out of human bodies and knives and uh, all sorts of weaponry and, and teeth flying around you want to see it in HD you don't want to see it in fuzzy vision fuzzy vision crapo vision pan and scanned <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a plug there uh, name drop <laughs> No, I so I was a bit a bit perturbed, and I, I went up to the, the the desk and I said, you know, where's the uh, Blu-ray release? Yeah. Oh, well, we're only releasing it as a double feature, uh, the thing, and then obviously the the new release, the thing, in a double Blu-ray box set, and the box set's like twenty pounds then, All right. and I'm not going to pay twenty pounds. And you've already got the thing. I've already got the original so, thing. So, on so, Blu-ray, so, so you're not, not going to want to buy it again. No, I've I've I think I have it on VHS. Uh, VHS. I think I've got it on DVD and I also have it on Blu-ray. So I've got three copies. I'm not going to buy a fourth just to get the new film. And I think they said that the when it does finally come out singularly, it's going to be 18.99. So almost as much as the box set. And I thought, well, this is ridiculous. And so what did I do, Ben? I came home, went straight onto my computer, went onto Amazon and bought it on off Amazon for £14. And it came through two days ago and I watched it. I love Amazon. <laughs> I spend far too much time ordering films on Amazon. <laughs> But the, that's the way everything's going these days. You, you're just going to order it offline or, you know, well, obviously, probably in the next, like, five or six years, it's going to be digital streaming. But until then, um, I, I'm going to have to concede that going to 
Because I'm one of those people that usually I'd rather pay the extra money just to go out to the shop myself, pick it up off the shelf myself and buy it and have yeah. it in my hand. But in this case, I had to concede for the price sake mm. and for the, just getting it sometime soon. So I paid £14, so I got it cheaper. Oh. Uh, I watched it and... <sighs> it was never going to be as good as the original thing. You no. cannot remake a masterpiece. It cannot be done. And the thing genuinely is, I think... Uh, a masterpiece in terms of filmmaking uh, it's great and I didn't expect if, if if we're going on a rating system the original thing is a 10 and I did not expect another 10 it would be unreasonable to do so I expected maybe 7, 6 yeah. this film I would say it was a 4 if anything I mean I'm not rating it I, I <sighs> it's basically a retread of the same old thing it, it's creepy corridors it's an, it's an arctic base it's who goes there it's a something among us that we can't quite find and it's ex tests to find out who's who and what's what it's the same film except it's got digital alterations and digital scenes of creatures bursting out of people um but in terms of that it's done incredibly poorly the cg is some of the worst i've seen in a really long time and i it, this this the cg was so bad it was almost it was pre 1995 bad CG. It was it was awful. I thought there were some really nice moments uh, where I mean a lot of this is in the trailer where you see the the man's head split in half digitally, and there's other scenes where a woman is is sort of bent over backwards and her torso becomes a mass of like tentacles and teeth. And but there's it's it's a the CG is amalgamated with a, an actress and it looks actually kind of effective. But then far too often there's so many scenes where there's a fully rendered uh, thing, creature, which is just, a, a, you know, four legs and a massive tentacles and teeth running after somebody down a corridor, which yeah. to me is just very cheesy and cheap. And it, it's not even consistent with the thing character because the interesting thing about the thing in the original thing yep. <laughs> is that when the creature is discovered it, and it's in the human form, it, it, it sort of it lashes out and becomes like this sort of massive flesh and bone but it's still trying to hold together the human form and is and because it's doing this it's struggling to move and the cre some of the creepiest scenes in the original thing are where the creature is trying to drag itself away for instance when there's the uh, the head scene the famous head scene that everybody knows off where the head's hanging over the table and it slowly falls off and then it slowly creeps across the floor and drags itself across the floor those were the creepiest scenes in the thing and there were a couple of scenes like that in the in the in the, in the new I, I keep wanting to say remake because it is essentially just a remake yeah. but in in the in 2011 thing there are a couple of scenes that catch that quite well with the cg it works and there are some great physical real effects in this movie as well but they are they're on the the oh there's just too few and there's just too much crap in between and it's essentially a meh remake with an appalling ending and, that, and bad that, CG. That was the thing that I didn't like. Well, that's the thing I didn't like about the thing, <laughs> if that makes sense. Was that at the time when it was originally coming out, yeah. it couldn't make its mind up of what it was going to be. And I don't think anybody could make their mind up of what, what it was going to be. No. Was it going to be a remake or was it a prequel? And although it's supposed to be a prequel because everything happens on the other base where the dog comes from. It's Norwegian. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty yeah. much blow by blow. 
um, of the same kind of stuff um, happening, and and that was the thing that I and uh, apart from apart from the ending, um, which was interesting. The thing I liked when I first started watching the film, first five minutes, I'm watching it, I'm thinking, you know, this looks kind of nice, it's it, it's good. Yes, it's retreading the same old ground, but hey, it's good ground, and if it's done well, it's it's fine. I can handle it. You know, I'm not going to be blown over. I'm not going to be amazed. But if yeah. they do the exact same thing and they do it well, great. And like I say, for the first, maybe first half of this film, it's done fine. It's done okay. And I was like, yeah, this is okay. The CG is a bit questionable. But yeah, fine. They, The Norwegians speak Norwegian and they have subtitles up, which is great. Because I was scared it was just going to be this cheap thing where we assume they're Norwegian, but they're going to speak English anyway. Yeah. Um, there are some English... Um, scientists on the base. There are some American scientists on the base, but there are also there are also some Norwegians, and there are a couple of good scenes where people don't understand each other, and they're having to have translators talking between them, and it adds to the tension of who's who and who can we trust. That worked for me, and it was great. And like I say, I was starting to come around to maybe this being a maybe a good film, and if it wasn't for the ridiculous chase scenes with the monster moving, like you know. <laughs> like a leopard down these corridors with it, you know, f just so fluidly running around this creature that's rendered very poorly. Yeah. It just rips you straight out of the film, which is it's just a big disappointment. And then, like you say, the ending on the UFO. Yeah. Um, again, we won't go into that too much with it being a new release. People might actually want to see this one. <laughs> again, again, it was a... But it, it's... If you haven't seen the original thing, then perhaps it will be. And, and if you're just into, into the remake horror kind of genre... Yeah. Which I think... Is a genre now uh, with the amount of films that are just remakes of film of, of yes the sequel's essentially dead it's remakes and that's it it's, and there's so many remakes of horror films there is it's, I know that in horror films there isn't there isn't a lot of room you've got to have a, a serial killer you've got to have something happen there's not a huge way to change how things happen and, and whatever but but the, everything seems to be remake and everything seems to be given to to first time directors we talk about. <laughs> We talk about the devil inside being someone who's only directed three films and has just directed these four. That's right. Um, but the director of um, the 2011 thing has only directed two films up until now as well. One in 96, which was a short, and 2004 was just a video. So this is his first film, and it seems very strange for, for a film like the original thing, which is a cult classic. Yeah. Everybody who has seen that film, there is a... Well, well, loves that film and it's it's such an such a, a genre defining film mm. that why then trust it with a first a first time director why yeah shouldn't you have someone to come back and oh, i'm gonna bring prometheus into it again okay um well, we we've, we've had time if you think about um the fourth alien film with that french director <laughs> who um uh, jean-pierre uh, yeah yeah and um Again, it's, it's, it's a bit of an unknown. He's, he's never done anything like that, and he just sort of comes and makes a film. Whereas now, to make a, a prequel, whatever whatever they want Prometheus to be, hmm. they've gone back to the start and got someone who has actually directed an alien film or has directed a science fiction where it's only Blade Runner and Alien that he's directed for um, uh, sci-fis anyway. But someone who has some actual calibre to make a film. And, but, uh, but, hmm. and, that's, yeah. and that's why I'm excited about that film, and that's why I wasn't excited about the thing well, I wasn't overly excited about The Devil Inside, <laughs> apart from what we saw of it, which I loved it. Well, um, let's just say my spoiler here, folks. Um, the end scene. Uh, two of the surviving characters yeah. make it on board the UFO that's buried in the ice. 
the thing has retreated back to the UFO. Um, and what did we both say about that just a minute ago in your kitchen? That if you if you've seen uh, Cowboys versus Aliens, yeah, it's, it's basically that. the end of the Cowboys versus Aliens. It's, it's a similar scene to that with the crappy CG, the crappy design within the CG, the being running around the corridors of a UFO. Uh, it's practically every sci-fi film that has ever been put into the cinema for the last ten years, mm. and it's just. Not well done and cheesy and just kind of crappy. Yeah. They they go into the main control room and there's just this uh, mass of digital information whizzing through the air for no reason at all. Nope. And the final creature, its final rendition, is appalling. Mm. It's so bad. It's asylum film uh, uh, CGI effects. Yeah. A, a disappointment is, is the thing. Um... Watch the first half, and it's okay. It's fine for what it is, and it goes downhill from there. Yeah, I think I think my personal recommendation would be if you're thinking of watching the 2011 film, um, the 2011 thing, watch the 1982 thing instead. Or watch yeah. watch the 2001 thing first, yeah. then watch that the watch the good thing. Yeah, and see it done <laughs> properly. Don't watch it the other way around because you'll build yourself up. But there you go. So there we go. That's that's what I that's what I've just recently seen on 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 disc. I lent you a submarine since last week, didn't I? You did, yeah. What um, did you uh, What did you think about the submarine? Really, really enjoyed it. Actually, um, I didn't. I wasn't sure what, what to really expect from it. Now, obviously, that uh, we talked about it last week, and I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. It's got our friend Paddy Considine in it, so. Um, so well, let's let's give it a watch and see and see what uh, see what it's like. And I thought it was I did think it was funny. Yeah, I really thought it was funny. Um, the way that Oliver interacts with people and and um, the kind of in and I think we'd said like it was something that we've all gone through. We've all had a girl that's been a bit clingy or whatever. Yeah, and um, that Jordana, she was. Um, you, you, you could you could kind of see what he was trying to do, and he was trying to play like the like a bit of a macho guy, like oh I don't want her to to be too close to me i just want to have like sex with her kind of thing but <laughs> but he was so clumsy with it and it was and it was so cringeworthy watching him do it yeah he, when he does like, up the house to, yeah she comes he dresses over and he, up he, really nice and he dresses the bed up with uh, all kinds of yeah, paraphernalia we're, we're gonna have sex now that kind of thing can we have sex and and it was it was just a, i really really enjoyed it and yeah i got the ben stiller um ah, spotted him yeah yes so. Yeah, but um, yeah, Paddy Constantine he was he was funny in it, and same as um, Sally Hawkins was the mum. Yeah, um, and I, I really like the, the way that she was dressed and the way that the dad was dressed as well. That it looked like something out of like the Open University. You know, yeah, and, definitely. Whereas you've got then Paddy Constantine with his painted up van and slicked up hair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, so yeah, that was a it's a definitely I enjoyed a good it, watch. Yeah. yeah, really, really, so really funny. enjoyed it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely worth a watch that one. Brilliant. Right then, um, uh, do you, is it time for our first official blood bag? It is. Oh, blood bag. bag time! Let's do it. Welcome to the blood bag. <laughs> right, blood bag. For anybody that doesn't know, is is the section of the show where I talk about. Uh, Cheap and cheerful, cheesy horror movies that I enjoy. 
or have watched yep. at least <laughs> over this past <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, I've only got one again. I only had one last week. I'm yep. trying to get a couple more, but I'm falling behind, unfortunately, with my horror movies at the minute. Got but, a lot on, John. I know, I've got a lot on. It's true. Um, we mentioned Asylum films last week. Yeah, we did. And I think I'll mention again today. I think we, have, is, we yeah, do so. enjoy them. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, Asylum are a low-budget production company that make rip-off films, basically, yeah. of any... They such things as Megashark versus Crocosaurus. I've seen, I've seen the Crocosaurus one. The Terminators. Uh, Paranormal Entity. Ben, is there any more? Um, it was... Um... Oh, what do we, we spoke about one last week? Alien versus Hunter. Hunter, Transmorphers. Transmorphers. If you can guess these yeah. films that they're based on, you, you get a prize. No, not yet. <laughs> um, but I watched an Asylum production this week, uh, Zombie Apocalypse. Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah, from 2011, last year. Mm. Um, there's a string of uh, Asylum movies that are... <sighs> what's the right word? They are one-off stories. They're not actual rip-offs, and they are almost of a budget. Mm. Um, Sherlock Holmes being one. All right. They did a, 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 a movie. I've not watched this one, but they've done a movie called uh, Sherlock Holmes. I've seen the uh, cover art. You've got Sherlock Holmes there and Watson on the front with Big Ben and a Tyrannosaurus and a Stegosaurus <laughs> on, the, uh, on the Bridge of London. Um <laughs> Which is an original concept. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, that's um, brilliant. <laughs> and I, I promise to watch that at some point for the listeners and bring that up on the next, maybe <laughs> next week's blood bag. We'll see. Just but please. this week is a Zombie Apocalypse. Okay, and what is that about, John? This is a zombie movie, Ben. Is it? <laughs> it is. I don't know if you can Never. tell. Um, uh, this is a semi rip off of uh, the Walking Dead series. Okay. But it's, it, it's done well. I've got to say. Oh, really? Semi-well. Let's not get excited. This is an is Asylum this, movie. I was going to say, is, is this done well in, it's, in, in terms of it being an Asylum It's film? done well for what it is, Ben. Yeah. It's an Asylum movie. It's a low-budget zombie movie. It's got some nice filters on the camera to make it look very, like, you know, budgeted and, mm. and very much like the kind of um, pale stark sort of uh, contrast and things that you get in, in the Walking Dead series. Yeah. So you think Walking Dead and how that looks. This looks fairly close. It's kind of, you know, it, they tried on this film. Mm. And if you're a zombie completist, you're going to enjoy this movie. Um, and it's basically, it's, it's the run-of-the-mill story. It's a bunch of survivors wandering through the city, uh, you know, decimated city of the dead, trying to get to this safe haven, yeah. some sort of an island. That's the whole premise of the movie. And you have a series of characters. They meet other characters along the way. They meet some enemies along the way. Um, one of the main characters... Ving Rhames, Ben, oh, of really? of Pulp Fiction fame. <laughs> this 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 guy's fallen on hard times. I'm afraid. It seems like it. Yeah, yeah, he his character is is the the gruff large black man who carries around a giant sledgehammer. Of course he is. Um, along with a tall, slender black woman with a uh, katana sword, a la Michonne from the Walking Dead series comics. If you've ever read the Walking Dead comics. Um, and of a varied other characters, they find a school full of dead school children. They battle yeah. through that. A couple of people die. This and the other. What this film does have, though, is a varied array of uh, zombies. So there are not just shambling zombies. There aren't just running zombies. Mm. There are some uber zombies that are these big, huge, hulking things that have some sort of intelligence. Yeah. One thing you you will see in this film, Ben, uh, near the uh, climax of the film that you won't see in many other zombie uh, films is zombie uh, tigers. 
Zombie, zombie the, tigers. There's a zombie tiger scene a la uh, yeah. Gladiator. And, and, and Ving Rhames going against one of those with a sledgehammer. You can picture what I'm picturing and you know you're going to have fun with this film. Um, oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm genuinely excited about this. Yeah, it's, it's... If you're a zombie fan and you're a horror fan and you, you know what you're going to get, you're not going to get anything special. For the budget, for an asylum movie, this movie is worth a watch. Yeah. And I, I don't think Ving Rhames says motherfucker once. Really? I don't think so. I'll have to check. Um... Yeah, I don't really have much more to say on that. Although, you, know, you will get the sort of classic god-awful actors. Yeah. There isn't one actor in this cast that can... Uh, good scene with a, a bunch of women warriors with uh, crossbows. Oh, really? That's interesting. Uh, that's, uh, but the thing about the asylum films and these kind of films, I think that... And, and I think we'll get from the, from the blood bag, mm. will be that these films are well worth a watch if, you're, if it's just you, a couple of mates couple of beers yeah this is the kind of film you want to watch if you're in it if you're in one of those kind of moods because i know that we 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 tend to do that we tend to have like if it's me and john and, and our friend jamie or paul we'll stick on the sci-fi channel and, and mm. watch a really crap film or we'll we'll, we'll just find something that's worth watching and those are the kind of films that you you can sit there and have a laugh with, and they don't take themselves too seriously. No, these are fun. These are just fun beer toting films. But I'm going to try and get a couple, and maybe bring one good one good film and one sort of like you know not so good film, and, yeah. and try that for the blood bad. Maybe for next week. But um, one thing I will say: there was a good couple of opening shots where you get uh, a view of around the world to let you know that this catastrophe has happened all over the world. So you get shots of France and, yeah. and, and England and America and, and various other countries. And you see like a high level of um, explosion, explosions and carnage and cities to ruin. And it actually looks really, really good because yeah. I bet this movie was made on a shoestring mm. and for what it is, it's for what it is. It's fun. And for what it is, it looks good. Acting story, that's another story, <laughs> okay? Well, I suppose I said when you watch when like we've said before, when you watch these kind of films, you're not really watching it so much for the acting. You're watching it because the acting isn't great. That's why you usually watch it, and I think that is probably what's come out of these this, 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 as a film you just watched. Hmm. It's, it sounds yeah. it's it sounds like that. It sounds like one of those films where it's a bit silly, doesn't take itself too seriously, and I respect films when they can do that. When they can take themselves not too seriously. Yeah, definitely. It's it was it was fun. It was fun for me to watch. So that's it for this week's blood bag, dude. Oh well, um, as much as I've, I've enjoyed this episode, really enjoyed it. Oh, I've yes. been waiting for this because <laughs> I am so excited. This is the segment of the show where we talk about what we're looking forward to, Ben. What we're looking and, what we and last week to. we talked about uh, the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and we we watched the trailer for that. Indeed, and we, again, we're very excited for that. Very excited oh, yes. to, to see where that's going to go um, in the end of July. But, oh, the film that I can't wait for and I'm currently obsessed with is Prometheus. Now you are obsessed. I can't wait for this film. I love it. I, I did, I, I, the first Alien film is one of my all-time favourite films. Oh, now, we talked about, we talked about like, The Thing being my favourite uh, scary film, one of my favourite scary films. Alien is... Probably my favourite film ever, <laughs> uh, whether whatever genre. I love Alien. It was when I, I, I yeah. I came. I came. To be honest, I came to the Alien series late. I was well. I say late. I was. I think I was like nine or ten when I came. <laughs> when I came to it, and my friend Jimmy lent me the box set. Um, and so this was, this would have been, 
Um, it must have been later than that because yeah, it was just when Alien Resurrection came out. So I'll have probably been about eleven. That was it. I was eleven, and Alien Resurrection had just come out. Yeah, I bought it on. My dad bought it for me on VHS. So. Yeah, and I remember, and I don't. I remember my dad telling me about Alien, and I really wanted to watch it when I was younger than that. And my dad said, "Oh, you don't watch, don't watch that. You'll never sleep." Apparently, <laughs> my mum didn't sleep for days after watching that. Um, so I was always aware of it, um, but I really, really wanted to see it. And Alien is one of my all-time favourite films. Even even with like the um, in the in the series, you've got Alien, you've got Aliens, and and I think there's there is such a difference between Alien and Aliens. Yeah. Um, and I personally prefer Ridley Scott's Alien to um, James Cameron's uh, Aliens. I love that it's one alien. Um, I love the face hugger, um, the grizzly face hugger. I, I love the the eggs. I love um, I, I love the uh, space jockey. I love I love the crashed ship. Um, Geiger, his his artwork was was translated so well, and I love mm. that film. So even with Aliens, Alien Three, and Alien Resurrection, Prometheus seems to be, although they're still under. They're like, oh yeah, of course. It's, they keep saying that it's not it's not a, a prequel to it. I, I, in some it, ways, I, I can see why why Ridley Scott's saying that because there's no ne- we're not necessarily saying this is LV four twenty six. No. Um. No. But it is uh, but it's, it's a prequel it's, in the universe, though. But isn't it's it? it's in the same universe. It's, yeah. it's got Wayland in it. It's got it's got the space jockey. It's got the same ship, and and I think it is. It's going too far to say that it is. It is a prequel as such because it necessarily won't lead directly straight into Alien. No. But but it is. It's with the. I understand the DNA concept. It is. It is all about it, but it doesn't necessarily have to have the alien or whatever in there. Yeah. But. Um, that's why I'm so excited about this film because I loved Alien and to have Ridley Scott come back. I remember following this when it had, when they first started announcing it and it was going to be a prequel. Then it went through a few rewrites and it was became more of a you know, like a, a nod towards it's still got the same characters and set in the same universe kind of thing, but it's going to be different. But I can't stop watching the trailers. No, there are th- I'm trying thing. to keep myself as 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 cold as possible. I've seen. I've seen, I think I've seen the international trailer yeah. in hate, in high definition, which looks incredible. Um, I do not want to spoil this movie. Like you, Ben, I grew up with these movies. Mm-hmm. I think Alien was one, if not the first movie I ever saw. I must have been seven or eight years old. Yeah. Had them all on VHS. You know, just ogled over the, the artwork of the VHS, the old VHSs and, and the sort of mythos behind the whole aliens and Alien and, and the Queen. and yeah. th- But this is like a whole new story in it in the same universe and i think because to be fair now in terms of aliens and a and predator those two uh they they melded together unfortunately and now they have sort of driven themselves into the ground i said there were it was, so, it was fan pressure i think that really got the alien and, and predator worlds together i think it came in through comic books originally that yeah. was that was how they how they came together but then it became it was in Predator Two, obviously, when there's the alien skull, and that opened opened everything up. It blew a lot of people's minds that they might be in the same universe, and then it went from there. And they made two really crap films. And Paul Anderson got involved, and yeah. it all went down from there. It drew, it it turned it into a sort of throwaway CG fanfare sci-fi action series when it was supposed to be this dark, evil, well, that's it. I malevolent I've, I've sci-fi series. I've talked a couple of times so far in this, in this podcast about how that they make the they either do a remake or they do a do a, a sequel to something or something, but they give it to either unknown directors or someone who's not really going to give it what you want. Yeah. Um, and 
there's the bow you can you can bow too much to, to to the way that the fans want it and make it crap because just because you're a fan of something i i couldn't make an alien story but i love alien mm. i wouldn't then say i'm the aficionado when it comes to then uh, if someone wants to make you're not going to try film. and make that movie exactly because i couldn't i couldn't make it and if i did it'd be something that it would be perhaps things that i want to see in it not what everybody wants to see in it or not some of the story but but the great thing with Ridley Scott coming back is he's only ever done... He's, I, I'd not really even thought about it, but he's only ever done two sci-fi films. Yeah. Blade Runner and Alien. And I love Blade Runner. It's, um, it's It just reminds me so much of um, Ghost in the Shell and Akira. He's the, the one person who, who did such a, an amazing version of a, of, um, of bringing that kind of neo-punk kind of mm. uh, look into into life. Um, or neo-noir, as it was. Um, mm. And that's that's what I really liked about that. Now, I could spend ages gushing about it. I, I won't because I'm going to spend. <laughs> it will take too long. But um, but yeah, Prometheus is the thing I'm so looking forward to. Yeah, it's sure, the culmination surely, of all my. Yeah, exactly. Sure, surely the director of the original Alien couldn't mess this up. He's not. He's, he's not going to do a George Lucas. Well, I've got. Is a, he? He, can't, well, he can't do a George Lucas. He can't. I think a lot of these. Actors have come come into the new age of digital technology, and they've mm. they've they've come in uh, backwards, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Ridley Scott's directing has changed over the years, and I, I hope he's still got his artistic flair from yeah. you know his days as a, a sort of art director and things like that. But um, who it. knows? I mean, we can, we can but wait. It's well, that's it. And he worked the people he's worked with. Um, when you think about like Stan Winston. Mm. Um, who is the who was unfortunately um, he was the guy to go to for, and he was all about doing things live and I love men in suits when it comes to when it comes to a creature we um, are doing a Stan Winston show sometime yeah, in the future we will do. Uh, a, dedica- a show dedicated to Stan Winston's the creations definitely that's and a promise that's what I love about about it as much as obviously there are going to be a lot of digital shots in Prometheus there are parts which uh, a lot of people are already saying looks very um, Avatar very Jim Cameron and yeah, I can completely understand that because yeah. we're, because today we we can have you can have the massive scope, you can have something where it, where you can create these amazing worlds and but but Ridley Scott still has the sets. He's, there are the, a lot of the stuff has been built. The, the yeah. real actors are on a real soundstage with real things happening to them, and that's what's scary. And that's what I loved about Alien was that it may not it may be a, not the greatest rubber suit, but that Alien was scary. Oh hell's yeah, and. Was obviously built on that in Aliens, and 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 they they grew it, and it was only when we got to like Alien Three, even in Alien Three, though it was stop motion, um, there was something for the there, most part, yeah. Um, but in Alien Resurrection, then it went to CG, and then it was uh, bad CG. Uh, we didn't talk about that. We uh we were gonna play the uh, trailer at some point. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, I'm gonna. I'm gonna no, I'll, we I'll... <laughs> we're complete fanboys. That is safe to say, and we we can't but rail on about this movie. So yeah, we've got which one now? We've got three trailers, John. We do. Who Ooh. who shall we play now? We've got this one. The first one was is the original teaser trailer. We're not going to play them the all. Of, it came out at the end of December, well, uh, November, December kind of time. Now most people have already seen that. Okay. So what's the latest? I think we should play the latest. Got, we've got two. The two came out the same. We've got an international and the US one. I think we should do with the international. Let's, Let's be fair. International one. International one. Uh, a bit more talky, I think. Is it talking? So there's a bit more going off in this one. So, uh, I'm just waiting to see what happens. Here we are. Opens up. That's, uh, what's it, Naomi? Naomi Rapace. Yeah. Great actress. She's been in some great films. 
archaeological little That's symbols it. everywhere. See, that reminds me a bit too much of Alien versus Predator, that kind of theme with the archaeological. Yeah. I'm nervous when anybody mentions archaeology in, in sci-fi. Again, there's a lot of clean sort of technology here that we're seeing. Brand new. Looks a lot like James Cameron's avatar. Talking about a star map, um, have you read of pictographs which are found in every um, nation? Mm -hmm. Got a nice little sound uh, score there. I love the I love the roll, just like the roll in Alien. Yeah, the original roll, the uh, yeah. the spaceship rolling to the planet's surface, definitely. Interesting that he says that he directed Blade Runner and Gladiator. Doesn't mention Alien. Doesn't mention Alien, no. His uh, yeah. arguably his finest work. Yeah. Michael Fassbender, he plays David, and he is a um, he's an android. He's a great actor, though, isn't he? He is. He's been in a lot recently. Brilliant. I love the lasers there, shooting down the corridors, scanning. With a big face. The big face uh, everybody knows. And those, those jars that look the like, yeah, they look like the eggs, don't they? There's obviously something inside. There is something in those, yeah. This, this, I mentioned to some sort of alien sort of infection or something, isn't there? Yeah. You got the classic uh, score there, yeah. alien score clicking in. The massive ship exploding as as the Prometheus hits it. At yes. Point, so. it, I mean, if if this is a group of scientists going out to discover this alien sort of signal, it makes sense that all their equipment is science science based and and for research purposes. So yeah. everything would be sterile and clean and new and pristine. And then maybe, obviously, that would lead to Alien and them sending out some dumb hick miners to go find this egg. It makes yeah. sense, you know. And that's going to be it. That's going to be the, that's the, the trailer. difference. Yeah, well, I think we talked a lot in the trailer, but we've <laughs> but that, provoking a lot. There's, there's, it's going to be that how they tie it, how, how they tie it in. And I'd yeah. say it's very clean. It's all brand new. And it's supposed to be the first real like, the terraforming happening and right. move across. So. So it's going to make sense with that kind of thing, a tie-in of why everything is so um, so clean because it's all brand new. Yeah. Um, but it also explains kind of later uh, for in, in Alien really why they then know, chose to send. It's just, it's just a mining ship. Idiots it was, it was to go to, find these eggs. Yeah, they weren't supposed <laughs> to know. Where these people know would have known. Go, they, they know there's something out there. They know they're going to find something. Whereas when they send the um, the guys in from uh, the Nostromo, it was just a mining ship. Yeah, if you've got to send victims, you send uh, ignorant ones, don't you? That's it. And as if so. a mining ship is going to be clean. Of course it's going to be dirty. It's going to be random places taking up rocks. But That is the thing I loved about the Alien film, was the grittiness of space, the mm. sort of the run-down ship and the, the sort of oil tanker in space. Yeah. I would have liked that in Prometheus, but it's not the be-all and end-all to the movie. Yeah. As long as there's a story there and there's an arc and there's something to watch, I, I, I'm looking... The trailer excites me. I'm yeah. excited to see this movie. I cannot wait. Yeah, and... The only the only problem I've got because I love the trailer and I and I I, I love the the idea behind this film is that I'm so worried I'm going to build it up too much but I can't not look at I, the trailer I, I do keep trying to forget number. about it I keep trying to put it it's not happening yet you know so but there you go that's Prometheus and that's coming soon when's it coming out then it's coming out first uh, of June over here first of June first of June and it's what it's uh, like two months away two so months. not not long to go now good lord um, so. Uh, 
We'll be there. And, and we'll um, let you know. We're going to have to do an alien anthology before that, my friend. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's we're, another, we're another, we're another show promise for the future. We've got so many ideas for the show. We have got so a list. Many ideas. We've got a long list. We've got so many things that we want to fit on. Um, Things that we're going to we have to cut out to for runtime, but we want them that we're desperate to fit in. Like tonight. That's right. That's right. We want to fit Hugo in, but we we will get to talk about Hugo. Oh yes, indeed. Which is something we we're both excited about. Being um, massive film fans and to go into a film which talks so much about the film history of and, film. And, yeah, and that's it. It was it's it's our film. It's a film yeah. that we want to see. So we want to talk about it. So we will. We'll, we'll give you all the updates. And if if you haven't seen it, yep. and you get a chance to see it before uh, before we get to talk about it. Then, then go out and go out and watch it. Buy it on buy it on Blu-ray. Buy it on DVD. Download the uh, um, get it on VHS. Uh, anywhere, anywhere you can get a hold of it, as long as it's legal. (laughs) (laughs) Get hold of it. Support the support the directors. Support the support everybody and and watch it. And then when then when we do our show, you can listen in and you can you'll know what we're talking about and you can send us some information. Yeah, they Um, could send us their opinions. That's it. Send us if you if you want us bits to talk about. We've got our Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook, we're Pan and Scan Podcast. We're yep. also Pan and Scan Podcast at gmail.com. Indeed. Uh, if you want to drop us an email, and um, we're, yeah. we're, we're out for anything. If we, you want to talk about anything, we want, to, we want to create a little bit of a film community here. We, so. want, we want feedback, we want, we want some opinions. We want, if you agree or disagree, either way, yeah. we're up for it. We want so. people who are as excited about film as we are. Um, whether it be to, like I say, agree with what we're saying or, or to, to disagree. That's that's what film is about, invoking emotion. We talked about this earlier, to, to invoke something. And if you've got something that you want to say, tell us. Here, here. Whether it be good, whether it be bad, we don't shy away. There you go. This is our first episode, Ben. Have we, have we enjoyed ourselves? Loved every minute. <laughs> Loved every minute. <laughs> it's been great. Um, so, yes, exciting things to come in the future, Ben. Yep, um, we'll we'll uh, have some some films from the uh, from the cinema to uh, we'll go and watch in the next couple of weeks. To I think talk so. About. At least one. Um, we'll watch a few more uh, Blu-rays. And yep. um, I say, if you've got anything that you want us to talk about, let us know. And um, we, I love recommendations. Let, <laughs> let us know what you want what you want us to watch. And we'll watch it. Um, so yeah, I guess that's it then. And so from me, it's uh, goodbye. And from me, I can't wait. <laughs> to talk to you again. (laughs) See you later, folks. Bye.